0: Talkin'. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, you ranked there? Uh, above 80th. Hey Ed, can you hear us? Hello. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, this is not Hello? good.
1: This is the press box. On Father, you there? Come on. With Grady and Bischoff. Ed, disconnect. Father, you there? Ed, check your
0: phone. You're sending us messages. Yes, we Hello? hear you. Disconnect on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Did you hear me saying hello and you were yelling at me to disconnect? Yes, I was. That oh, that's awesome. Hey, we're all back in the studio. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed Tyler and Jared. No more Bates Hotels. No more weird spellings. We're going to have a whole season of it, though. Back in action. Yeah.
0: Every road, every Raiders <laughs> road game, we're getting you live, live ah. from a hotel. Or just about every road game.
1: God bless clean feed. Not that anyone... <laughs> might know what clean feed is. It's one of those words that people like, what's that mean?
0: Jiggy
2: and Deuce and clean feed. Except we've
0: talked enough about Jiggy and Deuce that people who listen regularly actually
1: know who Jiggy and Deuce are. I don't think clean feed's made it there yet. No. Well, we'll just keep it a mystery. (laughs) It's not enough mystery at our paper where now top editors are emailing us, tell Jiggy we said this. Which is the best, like, email you could ever get in the world. I'm waiting for the tell Deuce, but Deuce doesn't have the... uh, I guess the juice that uh, Jiggy does. The first press box bite. Press box transition.
2: <laughs> Will the Raiders cut Nathan Peterman? Oh,
1: I hope not. But it's possible. I guess you could cut him. I think we talked about this issue. You could cut him. Hope that he passes through waivers. And if they saw that one interception, he's hope passed through waivers. Hope that he passes
2: through waivers. Yeah, and
1: then... Uh, Like what? Sign him back? You can't carry three, can you? You can put him on your practice squad and carry him, but can you carry three? John Gruden's carried three the last two years. Yeah. And Uh, and America's Mariota, we don't know if he can walk, never mind play.
0: Last year, I understood the logic of carrying three because it was a COVID season. And we saw the Broncos quarterback room get wiped out. So giving yourself more chances to have a quarterback Mm. that you can actually have ready to play in a normal year. I think carrying three is dumb just because if you're if as a team, you're ever at a point where you're down to your third string quarterback, you're done for anyways, and you're better. off. I mean, you might as well just sign the guy off the street. The only the only argument for carrying a third is you have a third quarterback who knows the offense and is ready to go. But if you go down to your third string quarterback, if you go down to Nathan Peterman, he's not much better than whatever quarterback you'd sign off the street on a Thursday to throw in there. So in a normal year, I don't get carrying three, but we're still technically not in a normal year, so I could understand a little bit of the logic if they do keep Nathan Peterman around, and I, I think John Gruden does because he loves
1: quarterbacks. So do you think it's more we're not in a normal year, or do you think they're worried about Mariota? That's another part of it, too. Like that Mariota, how hurt is he? Right, that he has not been healthy enough to
0: play, but he's been healthy enough to suit up. Like The way John Gruden has phrased, it basically makes you think, okay... If they had to play Mariota, they could, but they really don't want to. So it is a question. I mean, how healthy is Mariota? So I think that's part of it, too, where Marcus Mariota is not 100%. Maybe he is by the season opener, but he's not 100%. And so that gives you more reason to keep Peterman because, okay, if Derek Carr gets hurt, who you going to
1: for your backup quarterback A not 100% Marcus Mariota or somebody else? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're right. And I also think there are other positions like wide receiver and secondary where there's a lot more important decisions to make.
0: Is John Brown getting cut? We talked about this last week, and neither one is. of us thought so. But no. then he played. He Willie Sneed and Zay Jones did
1: not, and John Brown was playing in that last preseason game. Does his does his dead cap hit of over three and his his cap hit right now make a difference to you? No. Doesn't. I mean, I guess if it's close and you're you're deciding between do we take the dead cap hit or do we.
0: Or do we get rid of somebody who has no dead cap hit, like a Dylan Stoner, whoever the hell it would end up being? Uh, I don't
1: think he's making the team. He
2: scored all the touchdowns. Nothing against
1: Dylan Stoner. I just don't think he's making the team. (laughs) Sorry. it's like everyone's, you know. It's just interesting that
0: we had Greg Olson come out and say last week, there could be some surprises at wide receiver. Cutdown day is going to be tough at wide receiver. And then John Brown was of the top six receivers. We think, we thought there were six for sure wide receivers making this team. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and Hunter Renfro, none of them played during the preseason. Those are the presumed starters. And then Zay Jones, Willie Sneed, and, and John, John Brown, Brown. Right. were sort of the next three. But then John Brown played in that preseason game after Greg Olson's quote about it being an interesting position for cutdown day. And it makes you wonder what's happening with John Brown here. What I'd be actually curious to see is. How actively are they trying to trade John Brown?
1: Well, that's the one thing we said before the show. We'll, we'll keep an eye on Twitter for everyone and keep an eye on reports because we could have some news breaking on who they've cut. But what we haven't talked about, and, and you just brought it up, what kind of trades could they make today? I don't know. I'm just saying if, if people see John Brown and they think he's available, and uh, you know whether it's Keelan Dosh whoever, and they you know they think they could slide someone in as the sixth guy, um, there could be trades. I don't know how many trades usually happen on cutdown day to 53, but maybe they're in action, in play for some. Yeah, and- I mean, you know, John Brown and what a second, third, and fourth from Groot? <laughs> Send them away for like a six. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a heck of a trade.
0: <laughs> you are, if there's a trade, it's going to be John Brown and a seventh and you get back a six. You get back a six. Is what the trade is going to be. Which, by
1: the way, wouldn't be, whole, if the, if you have to move them and you get something back. Right, I that's mean, fine. You like move
0: them. If they're sitting there and if, let's just say it's Keelan Dawson, they're like, you know, Keelan Dawson, John Brown. Same guy. Yeah, we, yeah, we'll take either one and you can move up from a seventh to a sixth. It's not much. But no. It, you'll,
2: you'll take might it. Might as well do it. Yeah,
0: so... That's what I'd be curious to see. Uh, I know Vic Taffer of The Athletic. He brought up an interesting one. Cleveland Furrell.
1: That's they take- another name that's been completely out there for a long time in the last two weeks. Uh- Would they take calls on him? Because you're looking at a guy who has been he's been
0: a he's been a solid NFL player. There's been nothing particularly wrong with Cleveland Furl. It just always goes back to they took him fourth overall. And that's not the type of player you want fourth overall. But he's not a starter anymore for this team. They're starting Max Crosby and Yanni Kangakwe, And on top of that, uh, Carl Nassib, the other defensive end, the backup defensive end, he's got a dead cap hit of like $7 million. Yeah. So that's a name. Like, even if you were like, well, we'd rather move on from Carl Nassib. And even if you had an offer, the dead cap hit makes that unmovable. So I'm curious, like, if somebody offered, I don't think you trade Cleveland Furrow for a sixth. But if somebody came along and said, Hey, we'll give you a third and you
1: give us back a sixth, do you do you take I that mean, trade for Cleveland well, and Pearl?
2: They're giving back the sixth no matter
1: what. Well, that's true. Do you I mean, would it be elsewhere? So let me t- so right now if your ends are Crosby and Gakway, Farrell, Koontz, and Nassib, um, and Green and Vickers go, do you move on from Farrell and pick up a spot elsewhere, or do you want the numbers in the defensive line? Because interior, Hankins, Thomas, Jefferson, McCoy. Uh, Fillin and then Dickerson, Stills, and Scott out if that's if that's the projected that the 53 has projected on the Raiders wire. So is that just getting rid of Farrell? And let's say you get a six back, you don't get a player back, but you pick up a um, a player elsewhere that you don't have to cut. Like are you okay with those numbers on the defensive line?
0: Yeah, that should be fine.
1: Um, I have some breaking news for you, there you from go. the
0: Boston Globe. Not related to the Patriots or not related to the Raiders. This is Patriots news. Okay. The Patriots have released Cam Newton. Third quarterback in Vegas, <laughs> all right. Well, are you serious? Yes. I genuinely, how could they release him if Jim, yesterday he was starting? Jim McBride <laughs> of the Boston Globe, breaking news the Patriots have released Cam Newton. Mac Jones is the starting quarterback in New England. I, have, I am, I am genuinely stunned. I'm stunned. At
2: I that. pulled two Bill Belichick things to joke around about this potentially happening, and now I'm like, okay, I don't even know if I can use
1: these. I'm stunned.
2: Why do I do show prep? Somebody's Somebody's got to sign
1: him, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, someone will sign him. him. It's Cam Newton. Yeah, someone will sign him. But like, if you're Denver right now. Well, what if you're Indian? and not only is he hurt, I think he's on the COVID list <laughs> now. Is. I mean, so if you got a guy who's supposedly your starter who's hurt and on the COVID list, I think if I'm Indy, I might be on the phone with that guy's agent. I would be
2: super annoyed if I was Philadelphia and I was just oh, like, we yeah. just traded for
1: Gardner. for Gardner. I mean, they gave up a
0: sixth rounder. It's not like that's stopping them from getting Cam Newton. Do you want Tyrod or do you want Cam Newton?
1: Because well, I don't think Watson's playing. Well, okay, I don't Cam, think he's if playing. If I'm
0: Cam Newton, I'm retiring before I'm going to play for Houston. <laughs> you gotta play for somebody. You want someone signing him. right? And I'm, I'm curious. Maybe it because, is Denver. Well, if you look at Cam Newton, I, I am I, sure I, any team's gonna sign would be a backup. Anybody would be like, hell yeah, we'll take oh, a backup. Oh, second. But there are a handful of places where he could start. Like. Indy's one, depending on what happens with Carson. I mean, you Wentz. want him or Bridgewater. Yeah. I probably then, want him. And Denver's one where Teddy Bridgewater's the starter there, but you could envision right. yeah, they'll be better with Cam Newton. I Carolina, that's a great to say one. one. Yeah. We'll go back. With Sam Darnold and That's a really good one to yeah. be his backup. And again, backup. I'm, well, si- I think he might win you the job after
1: two weeks yeah. of practice. Yeah, I
0: mean you're signing the guy. Two weeks before the season starts, so
1: he starts as the backup. but Yeah, who knows probably how long he not goes. enough
0: time to be the starter. But there's a chance that is Sam Darnold is not good.
1: You know what's going to be it's going to really be bad if he's the backup in New Orleans. and Taysom Hill then becomes number three. How, how's how's uh, Peyton going to get Taysom Hill those uh, packages?
2: No, it's going to be they're going to run the <laughs> they're going to run the zone read. What
1: if they're all in the game at once? <laughs> Jameis is quarterback, and you got Cam and Taysom Hill the somewhere on the floor. option. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's stunning. With just quarterbacks? I mean, that's stunning. It is. be I mean, one of the few yeah. times
2: it might work.
1: I mean, I,
2: I mean good no, for Mac
1: Jones, I guess. There's <laughs> no
0: Technically, there's no room for him here, but is Cam Newton better than Marcus Mariota?
1: Well, I think he is now because we have no idea what kind of health Marcus Mariota's is in. We've seen one thing of Marcus Mariota. It was when he uh, relieved Carr. Other than that, we've never seen him do anything. Well. Seen some practice interceptions, but and I've seen that he's big. Nick Kwiatkowski <laughs> I, has picked him yes, off seventeen and I, times, and I've seen that he's a large person. So, other than that, we haven't seen much. Yeah, if Cam Newton, Cam Newton's actually been playing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> now I, I don't. here, if you're Cam Newton, though, I don't come here because I think I'll have much better opportunities to start places. I mean, I don't come here. No, I, mean, I no, I wouldn't I would come either. here. But is he better than him? Yeah, I think at this point you'd have to say yeah. Mm, there's this, so there's three teams.
0: Maybe we're right off forget- the top of your head, Maybe Maybe we even thought of everybody. Somebody, but yeah. Denver, Indy, and Carolina interesting. are all possible. Um, Washington, as Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter. Maybe they could go after Cam Newton. That's another interesting one. So I Jared,
1: Jared's right though, man. If you're Philly right now, you're like, if, man, we waited. Well, no one saw that coming. That's why you when you when you reported that off the off the uh, report from Boston a little bit, we're all like, yeah. I mean, again, a lot of people thought the Patriots with their defense, that it's a definite bounce back year. They're going to be really good. And he's now put in the hands of a rookie. I mean, I'm not going to doubt him. He's got a lot oh, of titles. But Mac I mean, Jones
0: is about to be awesome. Are you I kidding mean, me? This guy
1: is about to be I mean, if he's be under Belichick, he's going to be like Brady in his first year, like coming in, like winning and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, good for him. Um, Belichick thinks enough of
0: him to just dump Cam Newton and give the, the entire hmm. season. If Mac Jones sucks. What oh, do they yeah. still have, what, They're, Stidham? Is, yeah, is
1: that I was about to say,
0: they have Brian Hoyer.
1: Their season's done. Is there Jack a Jones chance sucks? that Bill Belichick today will have to bite the bullet and pick up Nathan Peterman on waivers? No, no. <laughs> they literally, they were
2: carrying four quarterbacks, and one of them was Brian Hoyer, who basically is best friend. Like, he's basically the quarterback's coach. Because he was yeah. he was he he sat behind Brady for, like, five years and just learned the system. They, they keep, kept bringing him they back. kept bringing him back. To just
1: be, like, in the room going, guys, you know it's a cover, too. Come on. Is this the biggest surprise of the day? And it's not even uh, 730? It has to be. It has to be. I mean, I, there's no way. I mean, I a thought bigger, he was starting. Yeah, a bigger name <laughs> that's going to get cut. No yeah, chance. Yeah, a guy that
0: uh, was potential Nathan- starter peterman i yeah i i don't think there's a i don't think there's a chance somebody else with a bigger name gets cut than that maybe there's a i doubt it but maybe there's a trade that involves Drew a, a bigger lot more name. surprising yeah. but that's going to be the biggest thing that happens uh, today wow it's incredible so cam newton released by the patriots he'll get signed before the end of the day mac jones era is officially here coming up They're next win another super bowl marcus arroyo you think he'll name a starting quarterback anytime soon no both done a fantastic job
3: in camp. If one guy gets a hot hand, that's ideal, you know? Uh, there's no real rotation set like there was uh, at some point when you might do it and you, you plan on it. Um, we're going to see if one guy go out there and go by the time we get to kickoff and, and we'll play it by ear. You mean in one way or the other?
0: Nah, if I told you, I'd screw it up.
1: <laughs> we're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bishop.
0: So before we get into some Unilely football, uh, Cam Newton released by the Patriots, so Mac
1: Jones is the starter there. Do You think he got released because he's unvaccinated? Well, he didn't look great in the preseason, but if you and I talked about this before, if it's if it's a coin flip, then that's not going to go in your favor if you're unvaccinated. But again, is it a coin flip when you're choosing a rookie? I'm not sure. Well, and it's not that like the Patriots
0: could have kept Cam Newton on the roster and named Mac Jones the starter. Sure. like there was nothing stopping them from yeah. doing that. So I because I've seen a lot of people talking about the vaccination part of yeah. Cam Newton. He's not vaccinated. He had to miss the 5 days last week because I I stood a miscommunication, I don't know. He got a covid test somewhere where he wasn't supposed to get a covid test. Very confusing. Why but, is Cam Newton showing up to local pharmacies? Well, he had to go he had to go off. <laughs> he had to go away off from the campus? facility for some treatment, like some unrelated treatment. And while he was gone, he said, "Just give me a test." He's supposed to test every day because oh, he's unvaccinated. Okay. So right. he got one that was somewhere away else. from the facility. And the, the agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA was like, that doesn't count. Okay. You're out five days.
1: Yeah, because so, you could be home and having a friend swab yeah. my nose, please. <laughs> and, like, stick it in some kind of formula. Like, oh, it looks good. No, it didn't show up red. You're fine. I can't believe there hasn't become
2: a cottage industry of, like, wow. oh, no, these are the all-natural home COVID tests. Well, what are you, what I are mean, you there's fakes va- oh, the fake tests? vax cards,
1: wow. so I, I'm I'm not surprised there's not a fake everything. No, We've got, we got, we got
0: people taking... Horse dewormer, Jared. We don't need fake tests. We and got the, the fake
2: cure. And the CDC <laughs> isn't doing enough
0: research on the fake
2: of the horse dewormer.
0: So here's the thing: the the Cam Newton vaccination it's apple status. Apple flavored. I I don't know because they could have kept him as the backup, and so I don't <laughs> I don't necessarily buy they cut him because he's vaccinated or unvaccinated. I could understand. They chose Mac Jones as the starter because Cam Newton is unvaccinated and they wanted to basically, you know, have their starter. Hey, that guy's vaccinated. There's a less chance he's going to miss game times, but they still could have kept Cam Newton as the backup. Like it's there was nothing for it wasn't.
1: He's either got a start or you cut him. That was that was not the choices for the Patriots. Let me ask you this because he in the past. Has been known to have attitudes about certain things, and you know he's he he's ha- he's been on teams with All like that. Eh. Rap music, right, Ed? Well, no, no. He's he's <laughs> actually ha- he's actually looking up. Yeah, I know. Uh, but you're Belichick. You don't want any nonsense. You don't want any anything. And you're like, if I make him the backup, is there going to be an issue here where he's mad that he's the backup? It, it's possible. It, yeah, I, and I could and see seriously. where.
0: Belichick wants no drama. Right. I could see where even Cam Newton might have even said, Hey, if you're gonna name Mac Jones the yeah, starter, then get me out of here. Just release me. Yeah. And I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, which is again interesting for the Patriots because for the Patriots, you don't have to release the guy. Like it just because Cam Newton asked, Hey, No, you don't have to do anything you want. You don't yeah. have to release. you could say, Yeah, you're under contract with us. We want you as our backup, even if we name Mac Jones the starter. So it's I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. Everything's
1: possible at this point. I but, just.
0: But also if you're Cam Newton, it, it, let's assume he asked to be released, right? If, if they said, hey, Mac Jones is going to be the starter. And he said, okay, would you please release me? We were just doing it. There's three teams maybe that he could go start at. Like, it's not like there's a lot of teams that he can go and start at right away. So no, what, but... if he asked to be released from the Patriots, he's doing what? Going to sign with another team to start as their backup and maybe win the job? it's just no, like
1: not if he asked out if he asked out then I think he's pretty sure he's going to somewhere to start I would think, but why, why would you ask there's only there's
0: only three I mean, teams and like we just said there's less than two weeks before the season starts is there enough time to actually get like you're going walking in on Tuesday August 31st and you're starting in two weeks do you want to bring in a guy
2: into your quarterback room who's unvaccinated so that like if he even if he if he gets it and then he infects the people that are vaccinated, you basically just brought an albatross into well, your quarterback room.
1: That's a good. That's a really good point. Unless you're, unless you're bringing him in as a starter, unless you're saying you're starting, we'll put up with the unvaccinated thing because you're a starter. But as a backup, I don't know what the point would be if he, if he's not vaccinated. I mean, if not, if it's Indian and says, okay, you know, Wentz, he's got COVID, he's got the injury. We need someone. We don't like our backups. You can start. You got two weeks to get ready. Then I might bring him in, but if I absolutely know he's going to be a backup, I don't know if I want to put up with again potential drama. And also, he's not vaccinated. Like that's a lot to take on if he's only a backup.
0: Who do you prefer, vaccinated Nathan Peterman or unvaccinated Cam Newton?
1: As the number three? Oh, vac- uh, vaccinated Nathan Peterman. If you're yeah. talking about the three, As As your you're talking starter. about the third guy. As your starter? Oh, unvax guy.
0: <laughs> well, come
2: on. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Are how many like how many throws are we letting? Thirty-nine throws a game? Because yeah. then no, Preseason no, Preseason, Nathan
0: yeah. Peterman, air it out.
2: Nope. Uh, Let's no. go. Yeah. All right. Then Cam Newton. It's fine. Cam Newton. Run You're saying it's the starter. Yeah, as the starter. If it was guy who turns around and hands the ball off to Josh yeah. Jacobs. Probably Nathan well,
1: Peterman, to be honest with you. I might prefer the third guy, the guy they already got rid of. What was his name again? He was out for his— Cookus. Yeah, he's out Cookus. to practice for like two days. No, he took one snap, right? Yeah, he took one he snap. He was the only other guy who took a snap. Handed it he, off. I mean, Cookus Peterman, you know, flipped a coin on the number three. You just got to hope Mariota's, you know, healthy, right?
0: Well, hey, Nathan Peterman's been in the system. That's true. He knows, he knows the plays. Poor Case Cookus. He got to play one snap, a third and like <laughs> eight— and is they it? made him hand it well, off. Well, how mad
1: is Peterman he where real? he can't have the actual statement that I played every snap? Oh, that's too. I mean, that's oh, one snap that I didn't play. Complete
0: mismanagement exactly, by John Gruden. Exactly. I can't believe he robbed Nathan Peterman <laughs> of the preseason I mean, glory of get playing Cookus every snap. there. we got to see what he's got.
1: They need Cookus. Do a running play. Yeah, they need Cookus in there so there's no one-on-three throws anymore for picks. My favorite part of Case Cookus, he played one snap. Handed it
0: off, and Derek Carr came over to congratulate him for playing one snap. And the next day, Case Cookis was cut. Also, Marcel Aitman, if you remember, scored a touchdown in the second to last, second preseason game. Right. And Derek Carr and everybody else came and celebrated Great. with yep. him. The next day, Marcel Aitman got cut. Yeah. So basically, if Derek Carr celebrated with you during the preseason,
1: you're done. That's why Mariota continues to run away from Carr. <laughs> he starts sprinting down the sidelines like he was at Oregon again because here comes Carr to, like, give him a high five or something like that. What if everyone's afraid of Carr? Like, oh, don't go near that guy. you will celebrate guy. with him. I'm I'm celebrate with that's this guy. Scary.
2: This does give me an excuse to play this.
0: Oh, good job. Yep. <laughs> this is going extremely that's
2: well. Good. This is, this is, this is, uh, uh, I hate my life. So,
0: Marcus Arroyo has not named
1: a starting Let's go!
3: Take that, Arizona! Take that,
1: Cardinals! That's right, Mike Lennon. He's not here anymore yeah. either. No. Carr called out his name, he—I do believe Cookus was good at dipping his like headband in the water. Oh, but did I you think, have a I official think, think, scouting report on that? Carr never came over to the. Well, I mean, you know, don't Is get near that, the media. There's don't a direct.
2: There's a direct uh, correlation if you're good at dipping your your hat. Yeah. You got to get off this team.
0: Oh, that's why Henry Ruggs struggled so much (laughs) at it. You told us John Brown was good at it. John Brown was great. And John Brown might get cut today. Smoker. There's a a chance John Brown gets cut today. Oh. So dipping
1: your He gets cut. At least I have the lead to the column. He shouldn't have dipped his uh, headband in the water so much they downtown. called that your head dip in the headband you might be considered soft it's like okay. play through it that's right play that's through what? the heat
0: they put it over there as a
1: trap
2: it's a trap if anyone who goes near it, there
1: God, yeah. out
0: of here uh, they were worried because henry Ruggs walked over there but he didn't know how to use it so they were like <laughs> we can keep henry Ruggs around he's never seen one of these before all right coming up next we will talk to aaron best the head coach of eastern washington
1: you're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
0: UNLV opens the season on Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. They'll be taking on Eastern Washington. And joining us now is the head coach at Eastern Washington, Aaron Best. Aaron, how are you this morning? Hi,
3: coach. Good fellas. thanks for having us.
0: Uh, Absolutely. before we get into to unlv here, I am curious what was it like for you guys playing a spring
3: season uh, we're, we're, it was different. It was different <laughs> never having done it before uh, obviously in the month of April is usually our spring season for practice uh, so it was uh, it, it was competitive when you keep score things are different and so being able to keep score for for six regular season games and the one obviously playoff game that we had the opportunity of playing in, uh, was different, but I think those guys were giddy having not played since you know the fall of 2019. So any football at that time was going to be relevant, and especially when it's uh, the lights are on, whether people are in the stands or not, when there's actually score being kept. I think it's just different and much needed. I'll be honest with you after that, uh, you know, 15, 16 month layoff
0: when you're looking ahead to then having a fall season, what's it like having a very condensed off season compared to what you're used to?
3: Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is health and safety, of the players, you know, coming off playing our last game at the end of April and then coming back on the 1st of August to, to report to camp uh, that, that, that does play in your mind. How, how many reps guys have taken, The short transition, uh, you know, obviously being smart with the time off in between those few months uh, where there's some downtime. But I think, like anything, I mean, the the more you do it, the better chance you have uh, at doing it well. And so, with the small break, health and safety number one. But on the flip side, on a positive note, when you're just done running your offense, darn near by the end of April in a full you know season or or a full spring season. Then all of a sudden the turnaround is uh, there's less gaps when you start camp. So we, all, we almost start on you know, letter you know, D or E instead of starting the letter A and not having to implement stuff uh, slower. So the, there are some benefits to that quick turnaround. Our guys have been uh, really good. They prepared over summer knowing that it was going to be a quick turnaround. And uh, I think the quick turnaround, the way we approached it, as uh, we've stayed away from injuries thus far in camp, and uh, we're, we're we're ready to get it on, and uh, the guys are guys are giddy. Uh, with two senior classes, there uh, there's there's still a lot of a uh, lot of things that they want to accomplish.
1: Coach, twenty two returning stars. You're you're bringing back essentially everyone, and you're going to play UNOV to start the season. When you have that experienced a team in terms of playing ULV to start things off, is it easier to get them motivated in terms of continued improvement when they're older like that? Uh, Are they still fired up to get better on a daily basis um, in your system?
3: Well, the older you get, you can't coach experience much like speed or um, length. There's some, some things that are out of our hands as coaches. It gives you a better chance. Experience gives you a better chance. I've been in situations on Saturdays uh, to learn from those situations. So, Yes, on the, on, the, on the outset, yes, it gives you a better chance. It doesn't mean because you're more experienced you're going to win more games. Uh, the first game is always everybody's prepared for. Everybody's ready. Everybody's undefeated going into the first game. In the country, everybody's undefeated. Talking about the same goals. talking about, you know, team chemistry over summer. talking about rebounding or continuing uh, the trend uh, as, as a team. I mean, all those things are talked about. But really in the fall, um, they are challenged. Uh, and so talk is, is something that everybody does, but actions speak louder in words. And so, uh, yes, it gives us an opportunity to bring a lot of guys back, um, but that also, you as much as they're motivated, you got to motivate the guys that are going to step up when there are guys that go down in a game or in a season. And in spring we had a ton of guys go down and a ton of guys step up. So I think to, to, to be able to motivate all um, and is is pretty easy when you get to the fall Uh, slate of college football which is the best time of year Uh, and we missed the opportunity last fall we got the opportunity in spring and here we are again hopefully closer to a normal um, season than we than we had been in in the spring so it'll be good Uh, it's always challenging Uh, no day is the same which we like it that way but uh, these guys are ready to go
0: Aaron best with us the head coach of eastern Washington I'm curious as a coach do you have to bring up the fact that, hey, this is an FCS program and they're getting a shot in an FBS team, or do your players take care of that motivational part themselves? You
3: no, know, I, I think if you're motivated by those things, uh, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, you, you get to, they keep the same score, touchdowns equal the same number whether you're playing in FBS, Division Two, II, Division Three, on the road at home, in conference or out of conference. Um, so, so we prepare every game. Um, we try to prepare every game the same way. We don't prepare for UNLV back in May. That's not how we do things because the second game on your schedule, you don't prepare uh, for more than a week. So why would you prepare three months for the first game? Um, every, Every week, that's the biggest game of the week. Um, so there are 11 uh, incremental games uh, that we approach, and obviously it's been on the schedule for quite some time. The first one is always the one of the easiest to get up for because it's the one out of the gate. Everybody's the freshest, uh, the most excited about every single season, and there's going to be some nuances from us. And there's going to be some nuances from, from UNLV. They're not going to be the same team they were in the fall of 2020. They're going to be a far different team. Um, having Coach Royal being in, the, in the, the head chair for the first time, In a pandemic, I mean, I can't imagine what that was like for him or anybody that took over a program uh, for the first time in the the setting of last fall. So uh, it uh, it, is—it's something that uh, it doesn't give us extra motivation uh, because if you're a competitor, it doesn't matter who you're playing; uh, it's about how well you play.
1: Coach, uh, two parts, and they both deal with quarterbacks on either side. One, I'm sure you have tape, but he played a lot of quarterbacks last year. Uh, Brumfield and Rodgers are kind of uh, at 1-2 right now in the depth chart. How easy or difficult is it to prepare when you don't know who's going to go? And Eric Berrier, your guy, is a terrific player who was a um, Walter Payton Award uh, runner-up, an All-American player. Uh, you know, he's obviously a very dangerous player. So on one side, you're going to have to prepare for, you don't know. And on the other side, tell us about the skills of your quarterback.
3: Well, I think preparation, it's always kind of the age old question, right? There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of coaches and, and, and teams and, and programs that, you know, haven't decided on a quarterback. Um, it's less about who we prepare for. It's about, how we prepare for the game, less about a person, more about a scheme on offense or defense. Most of the time, uh, the scheme's not going to change that uh, that differently based on who you're playing a quarterback. Uh, I, I, it, you're not going to have an NFL-style quarterback drop back pro style guy and then all of a sudden um, kind of have a wildcat quarterback unless it's just going to be for six or eight games usually you're going to recruit a quarterback to fit your system so they may be different players, they may be different sizes, different arm strengths, uh, read things a little bit differently but all in all um, you're trying to put a quarterback in a system that you intend to play no matter what uh, what jersey number is playing quarterback so um, our preparation is going to be the same regardless of uh, the the film we've seen on uh, the multiple quarterbacks that that you'll be played last fall so uh, less concerned about that more concerned about playing better team defense against whoever it is uh, that uh Uh, UW rules out there. Uh, As far as our quarterback's concerned, obviously uh, the tape doesn't lie. He plays a lot louder on the football field than he is as a person. He's a (laughs) a quiet natured guy. Uh, Huge smile uh, and uh, great vibe. Uh, He's a competitor uh, more so than you would think and uh, we like him that way. Eric's done a great job coming from um, coming out of high school, 16, redshirting and just Every year got better, and I think the hardest thing to do in athletics is when you're at the top of your game or where everyone sees you at the top of your game, how do you get better than that? How do you chase the ceiling more? Uh, and He's done that every year and gotten better, um, and now is starting to coach the younger guys to be able to take those reins over when he is gone, um, and that day will come after this fall. We know that now, and uh, we're just fortunate to have Eric and uh, his uh, not only his talent level, just his personality – as a team captain, uh, quarterback, and he will leave uh, his mark, and already has left his mark in Eastern Washington football. Uh, and we, we've had some pretty good, pretty special quarterbacks, and he is one of uh, many that we've had along the way.
0: Well, he is Aaron Best, the head coach at Eastern Washington. again, UNLV and Eastern Washington open the season on Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. Aaron, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks Thank for you, joining
1: Coach.
3: Us. That's big time. Take care, guys.
1: Take care of yourself. Yeah. Um... I'm actually looking forward to seeing the quarterback, man. Just his numbers and what he's done, that'll be exciting to watch. All right. I'm looking at
0: pictures of Eric Berrier, the quarterback for Eastern Washington. He
1: wears two gloves. like that.
0: He's got a glove on his like throwing that. hand. Yeah. Does not use the laces. Prepare
1: just, it. just rip it with the glove hand. Well, I mean, he might just step on the baseball field for Eastern Washington. Maybe he plays both sports. Who <laughs> he's knows? He's just wearing batting Maybe he's just wearing batting gloves out there, which would be great. Eastern <laughs> batting gloves. Um <laughs> What do you think happens? I think they'll move the ball against UNLV unless I look until UNLV is better defensively and it shows it, then I'm going to believe people are going to move the ball on them. But I also think they're going to have issues with um, Charles Williams and others where they're just going to maybe get uh, run over a little.
0: I would fully expect UNLV's offense to look good. Probably the best they've looked in the – this will be the seventh game of the euro -Euro era. Yes, I agree. I would hope so, right? I I would hope so. But defensively, like you said, there is – We can do this every single offseason. You can try to come up with reasons as to why the defense will be better, right? Whether it's a new head coach or a new defensive coordinator or, hey, they've got these new players or, hey, they changed the system. Mm -hmm. You can come up with all these reasons. You could do it every offseason for the last decade plus. Oh, it's plus. It's been more than a decade since they've had a team give up less than 30 points per game. Yes. It's all where I think we're close to two decades. I think we're like 17, 18 years. It's a long time. It is like you could do it every offseason. 50. Talk yourself into, well, this is why the defense will be better, and it never is. Right. It's, it has not been that. They can't that. So tackle. Until, like you said, until we see it happen over the course, and, and hell, even if they do it against Eastern Washington, no, we're no, going to walk it, away No, no, over the course thinking, of the season. But yeah. Then then you can say, oh, wow, they actually turned it around. But until we actually see it, there's there's no reason to think they'll stop Eastern Washington. Like Eastern Washington, even though they're FCS, they're a good FCS right. team. Like, that's a really good FCS team, and you're playing a really good quarterback on that FCS team. And last year, what did we see? Any team that could throw the ball down the field crushed you in a field.
1: Well, it's like you said last week, and this is true. It's just the way it is. And I'm going by the rankings and and recent history. FCS teams, and I guess they're top 10 in FCS, ranked 10th. I thought they're actually ranked higher, but top 10 FCS team is going to compete on most nights with a bottom level uh, division, you know, FBS team. They just are. It's just proven, you know, so. Uh, I don't. I think I think UNLV should win. I think they're going to win, but if you tell me it's you know thirty eight thirty one, then I'm not going to even blink. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean this. I I kind of expect it's a close game
0: in the fourth quarter. I don't know. That this is like a last team with the ball wins type of game. I don't think so. But it's. I think it's a, in the fourth quarter. It's gonna be a one score game. I think that's a, a fair thing to assume with these two teams. I don't think there's any reason to think UNLV is going to blow them out, and I don't think there's any reason to think Eastern Washington is going to blow UNLV out either. So. I think we're we're looking at a one score game in the fourth quarter.
1: If Quickly, it, so if, if Doug Brumfield plays well in the first half, don't you think Arroyo I think Arroyo would have to prefer he just sticks with somebody. I don't yes. think he's set in his mind that I must play two. Yes. Now, if it's not going well, then I guess he would but doesn't any coach want to have a one well, if think they're so. if they're playing well. You'd think so. You would.
0: Maybe Arroyo doesn't. So Arroyo said yesterday, "There's no set rotation. There's nothing like they're not. I don't not, think there should be. They're not walking into it saying Doug Brumfield's going to play the first two series, Justin Rogers no. the next two. See so who can win if if Brumfield starts and UNLV scores on three. And they're
1: like, like f- a 14-0 or right. 17-0. They
0: score on three of their first four yeah, drives or something. He's the quarterback. Yeah, Brumfield's in, and it's probably not changing. Now if Brumfield starts and they go three and out, three and out, three and out." Justin Rogers is in the game. Right. Like, so, there's another quarterback. Right. It, might, it might only take two, three and outs. Justin Rogers is coming in the game. So I think a lot of it does depend on whoever actually ends up starting. You probably give them at least two drives, see what those two drives look like. And then from there, all right, right he's the starter. And we're, we're playing until he's, until there. are something's awful or he's just the guy right. and we're good to go. All right. Coming up next, could Eastern Washington beat Bishop Sycamore? Do you feel like you need to make a decision soon because the style of the two players is fairly different?
1: I feel like whatever whatever we do in the next couple days, like every day, is should be what's best for our football team, and that's what we're going to try to do. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM.
0: Have you ever had the desire to be a scam artist?
1: talked in accents to people that i didn't have that i wasn't supposed to had the desire i almost what what are you talking about i almost joined the clergy so So you 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 actually had a better
0: scam than bishop sycamore oh mine was more successful (laughs) i'll tell you that so (laughs) i'll tell you that there's a fake high school football team uh bishop sycamore and they played on espn against img on sunday there have been quite a few stories on Bishop Sycamore the last two days. Football Scoop had one where they went 0-6 last year. They lost to IMG 58 to nothing on Sunday. Their quarterback might be a 20-year-old who was playing high school football three years ago and graduated. Date? They also played <laughs> Friday. They played Friday and lost and then turned around and played Sunday.
1: Kids are in shape. Two there, days Bishop later, uh, oh, they
0: lost 58 to nothing in the second one. So I don't know if they're in shape. <laughs> Every game they play this year is supposed to be on the road, including one here against Liberty. Our Yes, own, in
1: October, our own state our champions. Own, yes, our own state champions.
0: Bishop Sycamore. But their this coach, story, by the way, might
1: pause that game. <laughs> <a little>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: their, their coach appears to be a scam artist. This is not a real high school. They are not recognized by the Ohio uh, High School Athletic Association. Uh, they don't have actual schooling. There was a story that talked to one of the players that had dropped out from this team that said, we all just live in a couple of houses and there's no furniture. And he (laughs) said, we didn't go to school until about one day in October where they just took us to the library. And that was it. And yeah, it's not a real high school. These kids might be uh, high school graduates from two and three years ago. They played two games in three days. They're supposed to come here and they apparently have never won a game.
1: Okay, so you also have in the um, rundown their location on Google Maps oh, is yes. an office building. Yes,
0: they have a location. If you Google it's an it, it, it's an
1: office building. So. Well, it says that you said the coach told ESPN announcers they have D1 players. ESPN announcers said that wasn't true. They said it during the broadcast? Yes. Oh, yes. Then didn't that raise the red flag from ESPN saying this guy's lying about this, this might the, not be yeah. true?
0: So apparently, so there was a story done by Awful Announcing that, e, so this game was booked by a third party that puts up, put puts together a lot of these high school Four matchups. For ESPN. Right, the matches, ESPN's yeah, yeah. just the broadcaster, Friday but there's a third party that, that puts a lot of these matchups together and the awful announcing story said that ESPN in the a couple like the last 2 weeks or so leading up to this game they they were bringing it up to this third party they were like who is this team we cannot find anything about this team they're like their coaches told us they have guys with legit division 1 offers but that that is not real they're like we have our own recruiting database we've checked 24/7 and rivals these kids don't exist. And they ESPN apparently brought it up, and it, the game went off. And, yeah, during the broadcast, it was, uh, I think, Anif Schroff and Tom Luganville who were like, yeah, they told us they had D1
1: kids. It, we well, couldn't verify that. I mean, I think the D1 offers were for assistant coaches. But, <laughs> I mean, I think they're, the Illinois had, a, had a, a linebacker coach available. And, like, Jimmy, the linebacker right. on Bishop Sycamore said, I'll take that job. I mean, analyst. Yes, I mean we don't. They. I don't know if he ever said he had Division One players. He well, just said we have the, guys with Division One offers. Of the,
2: some of the players on the team
0: have kids that have Division
1: <laughs> One. I offers. was going to say, how many dad? Dad, way to go! Good catch.
0: There is a story about the kid who used to play for them, who said the reason that he went to play for him was like they sold them they had like a whole presentation on like here's what the blueprint of our facilities you don't like. have to
1: go to school well no here's like what the
0: facility looked like like a whole plan and everything and even told these kids we're gonna we got a netflix deal signed there's gonna be a documentary oh, about well, us on Netflix. this
1: could be a good netflix series to tell you the truth i'd watch this over a lot of netflix stuff so that would be awesome
0: the head coach of this team is one of the biggest scam artists ever it's beautiful and my favorite part is he's on twitter and he tweeted after they played on espn because a lot of people were saying who the hell is Bishop bishop sycamore he said i'm the bishop
1: of bishop sycamore he actually said i'm the bishop of bishop sycamore he actually said it that way i think he said it that way <laughs> this is beautiful how about the day we're going to the library we have a library <laughs> Like, get in the bus. No, no we'll drive the ourselves. Yeah, they just went to,
0: like, the county library yeah, exactly. down the street. We'll, we'll I, drive
1: ourselves. I need them to
0: play Liberty. I need them oh, to exist yes. long enough to where they're playing Liberty here in Vegas. I That's going to be phenomenal. <laughs>